This is the gospel of our Lord. Friends, at this time, I would like to ask those of you who are able to stand, if you would stand for the singing of the next hymn entitled, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Now, it may be less familiar to some, and so Mr. Booker Evans has uh, been willing to lead us in the singing of this great hymn, Lift Every Voice and Sing. God, we do lift our voices in praise to you, our loving creator, our gracious savior, our redeemer, and our friend. And teach us today what it means to connect with others through your love. In your name we pray, amen. Please be seated. I'd like to begin, first of all, by saying a thank you to Mr. Evans for being willing to lead us in that great hymn, Lift Every Voice and Sing. He did it at all three services this morning, so 
Thank you, Mr. Evans. Great job. The song may, may be a greater or, or lesser uh, familiarity to you. It was originally a poem written by James Weldon Johnson. He was an English literature major and a high school principal in Jacksonville, Florida. And he wrote the poem in the year 1900 on the occasion of the celebration of the birthday of Abraham Lincoln. Five years later, his younger brother, John Rosamond Johnson, who was a musical composer, set the poem to music. And it became immensely popular, especially in the African-American community. And that has been traditional to stand whenever that song is sung. We are in a sermon series that we're calling New Beginnings, in which we're inviting God to make a new beginning in various aspects of our lives. And today we're talking about making new beginnings when it comes to our relationships, in how we connect with other people. And if you noticed uh, from the Old Testament reading for today, the reading was commandments 4 through 10 of the Ten Commandments that talk about our relationships. Now, don't worry. I know we skipped commandments 1, 2, and 3 today. We're going to hit those next week. So next week, we're going to talk about our relationship with God. But today, we're talking about our relationship with other people connecting with one another and how we are to treat each other as people. And of course, the commandments begin with number four with that very first relationship with which we come into the world, the relationship with our parents, that we are to honor them as gifts from God. We are to also value all human life, knowing that God himself is the creator of every human being and none of us has the right to take human life. They call us to be faithful in marriage and to lead godly lives in terms of our human sexuality. The commandments talk about us valuing our neighbor's property and not trying to steal what they have, but actually helping our neighbor to, to protect what he or she has. Commandment 8 talks about not lying or gossiping or rumor-mongering, but rather to build up one another with the things that we say to uphold someone's reputation. And the last two, of course, talk about not coveting what our neighbor has, not wanting so much what they have that we would even go to great lengths to get it, but rather to be content with God's blessings. So commandments 4 to 10 are about our connection with other people. And the focus verse for this morning actually comes from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians from chapter 5, verse 14. And I want to invite you, if you would, to read along with me this verse that's on the screens. Galatians 5, Galatians 5 verse 14. We read together. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. St. Paul wrote those words. Of course, they're not original with him. He gets them from the Old Testament and from the mouth of Jesus himself. 
And the point being, of course, that we are to treat others with as much care and concern and love as we would want for ourselves. A tall task indeed. And of course, in what has become known as the golden rule, Jesus said in Matthew 7, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. It sums up the law and the prophets. It's what the entire law is about. Love God and love your neighbor. Our sermon text this morning is the gospel lesson for today from Luke chapter 10. We heard it read a moment ago, and we usually describe it as the parable of the Good Samaritan. Actually, I think that's a little limiting. If we take the entire story that we heard in Luke 10, we might rename it as the story of Jesus and the law expert. Because it's really a story about that interaction between Jesus and this expert in the law. I want to read the opening verses again. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Let's pause there for just a moment. Do this and you will live. Jesus is basically saying to this law expert that you would have to keep the law perfectly in every point if you're going to try to earn your way to heaven. And of course, the man knew himself there is no way that he could do that. There's no way that any of us could do that. We don't get to heaven by trying to keep the laws. None of us can. But this law expert now goes on to try to find a loophole in the law. He tries to find some wiggle room, if you will. It goes on in verse 29, it says, but he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, catch this question, and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? With that question, he was attempting to put some limits on just how much he was to really love others. Who is my neighbor. I'm not sure I should really love that guy. I don't know that I really want to love that group of people. So let's be clear here. Just who is my neighbor? In response response to that question, you see, Jesus then tells the parable. It reads this way. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers, and they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. 
He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you any extra expense you may have. The parable ends, and then Jesus asks the man, So, which of these three do you think was a neighbor? to the man who fell into the hands of robbers. And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You know, we have, to understand this parable most clearly, we need to recognize that the Jews and the Samaritans of that day hated each other. They despised each other. The Jews looked down on the Samaritans as half-breed people, the result of intermarriage between the ancient Assyrians and the Israelites who were living in the northern land some 700 years B.C. The Jews also looked down on the Samaritans because they only honored the first five books of what we would call the Old Testament. And the Samaritans looked down on the Jews for their self-righteousness and their claim of purity. And so, it's rather interesting that in this story, it's the Samaritan that shows mercy. Jesus puts the Samaritan in the role of the one who extends mercy to a Jewish man who had been beat up. Even the Jewish priest who comes by just walks on by. The Levite who works in the temple whom you would expect to extend care, walks by on the other side of the road. But the enemy becomes the friend. And the enemy makes a new friend through his act of loving service. And so Jesus says to the law expert, now go and do likewise. In one of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s sermons on this same text, he made this observation. He said, the first question which the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the Good Samaritan reversed the question, if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? Important insight. And you see, friends, if we want a new beginning in any relationship with other people, we need to put love into practice. That law expert that Jesus confronted asked the question, who is my neighbor, from a totally wrong motive. He was trying to put limits on his love. Well, do I really have to love everybody? Who really is my neighbor? He had the wrong motivation. And Jesus challenged those limits on love. And he challenges us too. He challenges any attempt on our part to limit whom we are to extend love to. And after all, think about it. Jesus didn't put any limits on his love for humanity 
as he stretched out his arms in death on a cross to die not just for a certain select group of people, but to die in the place of all humanity. Even the ones who were nailing him to the cross, he died for them too. He died for the ones that had shouted, crucify him. He died that all who would put their trust in him might experience forgiveness of their sins and the gift of eternal life. That's how much he loved. He loved without limits. And then he said, love one another as I have loved you. What is our response to what Jesus did for us at the cross? Shouldn't we be able to go back and ask the question, who is my neighbor from a completely different motivation? You see, now, because Jesus has shown us how much he loves us, we can ask the question, who is my neighbor with a genuine desire to extend love to everyone, just as Jesus Christ did, to see every human being as that neighbor who needs to be loved, to recognize that every human being deep down inside is hurting and crying out to be loved and needs to know the love of Jesus. It doesn't mean that we necessarily agree with everyone's behavior. You know as well as I, there are some people out there that, let's face it, they're hard to love. And even when we extend love to them, they may not be very loving in return. And yet Jesus calls us to simply do our part, to love as he did, unconditionally, without limits to do, as Paul said, to do everything on our part to maintain peace. We can only do our part. But doing our part may very well change the other person's life. One particular quote from Dr. King seems especially relevant to today's message. He said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? What are you doing for others. It's really a secret to good relationships, any kind of relationship. The secret to good relationships and to connecting with other people is to live in service to others without expecting anything in return. Reaching out just because Christ has reached out to you and in love serving that person, whether they receive it well or not. That's really true for all of our relationships, you know. It's true for that person at work that uh, just rubs you the wrong way, you know. That person that's a little hard to get along with. What if you did something to serve that person who maybe you don't like very much, but out of love you serve them? I wonder what might happen. It has to do with that schoolmate at school. Yeah, that one that maybe comes across as kind of like a bully or the one who isn't very nice to other students or their teachers. What if you extended yourself and served that person in love? Maybe, just maybe, it might have an impact. And what if you reached out to that family member, that relative from whom you've been estranged for many years? And you took the first step, and out of love for that person, you served them in some way. 
might it possibly lead to a brand new beginning in that relationship, a new connection with that person? You see, friends, we need to break down the barriers between us through loving service. That's what Dr. King was saying. What are you doing to serve others? It also means we need to get to know people. And I mean get to know them one-on-one. You know, it's so easy to make assumptions about what people are like without really even knowing them. And a, a definition of prejudice is this to prejudge someone based on the externals without really knowing the person. We need to look past the externals to the content of a person's character, as Dr. King challenged us. And that's what leads to new beginnings in relationships. Just think how the world could be better if each one of us met one new person one-on-one and got to know them, and built a relationship with them. And we who are Christian people certainly should understand this better than anybody in the world. I mean, think about it. In in Revelation chapter 7, for example, St. John gives us a picture of what heaven will be like. And listen to his description of heaven. He says, I had a vision of a great multitude from every race, nation, people, and tongue. They stood before the throne wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands, crying, salvation comes from our God who is seated on the throne and from the Lamb. Beautiful picture. All believers together. And it just kind of hit me this week as I was finishing this message that, friends, we are going to spend eternity with believers in Jesus from all different ethnicities and cultures and languages. And and the question that I'm thinking about is this. Shouldn't we start practicing now how to relate to each other? Shouldn't we begin to build connections with each other now and start to experience just a bit of what heaven is going to be like? After all, in the big picture, we really are all related. We all trace our ancestry to common parents, Adam and Eve. Ultimately, all of humanity is interconnected. And God wants all of His created children, each one unique and special, to know His Son and to come into the kingdom of heaven together as one family. God created all people, and He loves us all the same. And the one who gave His life for all people calls upon us to love as He did.